Welcome to The Conversation Starters. This is a podcast about getting beyond small talk and into better conversations with anyone. I'm Hannah. And I'm Karina. And uh, today we're going to be continuing our conversation about apologies. But first, let's start with the question of the week. So our conversation starter of the week is, if you could work from anywhere, where would it be? I love this question, and it's something actually I ask myself a lot, um, especially now going into home office and working more from home and people working from different places. What would be your dream spot? Where would you ideally like to work from? Um, one of the books I really, really like, uh, the, the guy is a lawyer and he chooses to work from Sawyer Island in Disneyland which I think is hilarious, <laughs> um, but it's a great conversation starter. It's very relevant right now, and um, it opens up people's minds to imagination and uh, is a little escape from our sometimes sad reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you're talking to someone whose work obviously does not um, accommodate this question, like you can also make it about if you had a job where you could work from any where you could work remotely where would you want to work and what would you want to do you know because break it down for the realists <laughs> <laughs> we always try to alternate with our question of the week between this type of kind of fanciful question for the creative types and the questions that are like when did something happen in your life exactly that was xyz you know you know we got to get a little bit of for everyone okay <laughs> So in the last episode, we talked about good and bad apologies. We uh, talked about why it's important to apologize, to establish um, kind of a ground for conversation around tension or conflict or confrontation, whatever it is, to work on a relationship and to kind of work on, a, on the long-term perspective for the relationship. We talked about very practical steps to better apologies. And uh, we also talked about bad apologies and what are things that trigger people in apologies, um, whether it's making excuses or just finding ways to shift the blame. And I think it's a great episode and <laughs> I learned a lot from it. But today we're going to be talking a little more about um, what happens all around this apology process. Yeah, we drew a lot from the book Why Won't You Apologize by Dr. Harriet Lerner. Uh, there's more information about that in our last episode. And we also incorporated a lot of thoughts from you, the listeners. We've been kind of uh, putting up polls on our Instagram for the last couple months on this topic and talking to our friends. And uh, we received some great audio from you. So let's play a bit more of that now. What makes a good apology to me is promising to work on the problem that caused the conflict or the hurt in the first place. Uh, and then of course the really important part is following through on that promise. If you have to give the same apology more than once, then your apology starts meaning less and less. With the, it has like diminishing returns. Eventually people just assume that you're lying or just you don't mean that you don't mean what you're apologizing for. Asking for forgiveness and asking the other person, hey, can you accept my apology? 
and uh, then maybe also asking if there's anything you could do for the person that you apologize to um, so it gives you actually an opportunity to make things right and it gives the other person the agency and opportunity to say yes or no I'm definitely someone that needs time to process things and when somebody says something hurtful or does something uh, to me and they apologize just right away in the moment, I'm kind of caught off guard. I really appreciate somebody who can come back later and say, hey, that thing that I said or that thing that I did, it was wrong. And I know that. And I know that it was probably hurtful. And I appreciate that because I've been able to, on my own, figure out why I feel the way I feel or why what they said might hurt. And I'm I'm more ready to to forgive somebody and to understand where they'd be coming from. So let's talk a bit about forgiveness. Um, I would say out of all the ideas in uh, Dr. Lerner's book, this is probably the one that we struggled with the most, mainly because she is pushing back against a specific pattern that she sees that I don't know that I see exactly, but I think I think what she is bringing up is is valid. She would say that people, you know, push for forgiveness too too hard or too, you know too quickly, or she would say that we're too quick to give it out without really like processing it and sitting with it and so on. I would even I would even say a manipulative kind of forgiveness, definitely, or a, mani- a, a manipulative apology that only wants satisfactory forgiveness. Yeah, and and I think I think her point is extremely valid, um, but it, it was definitely the part that we had the hardest time with. It's simply because I wouldn't necessarily say that in my experience people ask for forgiveness <laughs> and I don't feel that it's something to discourage if that makes sense. Obviously coming to this topic you're going to bring a lot of just your own experience and culture which we're going to talk about in our next episode. That is that is true and I think um, we are just looking at it from a different perspective. I've been hearing this uh, idea about forgiveness a lot not just from the book just people saying you shouldn't forgive or you shouldn't make forgiveness a goal of apology. And I, I think I know why people struggle with it or why even I sometimes struggle with it. It's all coming from a perspective that looks at forgiving as a weakness. What do you mean? Like this whole perspective is looking at forgiveness um, as if when the other person says, I forgive you, I am back in the position of power. I am the good person again. I feel good about myself again. And this is why I meet more and more people saying, um, you can never forgive something like that. You should never forgive something like that. Oh, I could never forgive them for doing this to to them. I And, and I, I start seeing this, this um, tendency of, oh, if you want to be strong, you should never forgive something like that. If you want to be just, you should never forgive. And I feel like, whoa, okay, this is not the idea of, of forgiveness that I have. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's, I, I think you might be onto something. I think that it really comes down to what you said. I think there's a feeling that if you were to offer forgiveness, you are wiping away a, a wrong that 
that needs to be like held up as truly wrong. I, the way I have seen forgiveness most of my life or the way I was brought up to see forgiveness is it's not something that justifies what the other person has done. Definitely. Or that, that says, oh, it's okay that you did that. It was fine. You were right. I was wrong. No, it's, it's like... I saw what you did, it was wrong, it hurt, and I am choosing now to say to, to forgive you. And this forgiveness doesn't mean I have to forget it, it doesn't mean I have to act like it never happened, but it means that I am choosing not to hold a grudge. I'm not going to continue punishing you for this, and I'm not going to try to get a retribution or get um, revenge for this. Yes, exactly. That's the ultimate strength if you are able to get to that point where you're hurt but you can look at the person and show forgiveness i mean i i'm often not able to do that <laughs> so i know how hard it is um <laughs> i wish that we could create a culture where people appreciate forgiveness more and where we can bring this into some of the most simple conflicts that have ruined our societies and brought us that, that have that have mm -hmm. created conflict for years and years and and people are just withholding forgiveness from each other just to punish each other i, I don't want us to misrepresent uh, like her points or whatever because i really do think she's visualizing something different i think there's a, some difference of semantics here some difference of her audience possibly i can i can see what she means by rushing to forgiveness um that's one of the podcasts i, I was listening to um they were saying that that we're using an apology to get back into this feeling of being right like we hate feeling like we're wrong and so we use the apology to go back to feeling like we're always right and uh, and I feel like this is where, what she means by rushing uh, forgiveness where I just want to I want you to forgive me so that I can feel good about myself again and I and I feel like that's where it's kind of critical like what is your motivation why are you apologizing are you apologizing just to feel good about yourself again or are you apologizing because you sincerely want to re-establish this trust re-establish this connection or re-establish relationship yeah or or change or change the behavior or change what yeah. you did you know because if you are apologizing with sincerity it's it should be because you're like I did something that I regret, you know, and I would, I never want to do it again. Like, that's a huge part of it. I love what you said, though, because um, that actually, that reframes it for me, actually, a lot, because I think that is a huge tendency, is we just want the kind of status of, I'm not the kind of person who does stuff like this. And I think we got some amazing recordings on exactly this point that we should play at this point. Right here. Beep. <laughs> Karina, very cool question. Or oh, uh, it's funny, I was thinking exactly about that this morning, but on a political level. And no, just wondering if I've ever heard uh, any politician, whether Lebanese or other uh, Arab, or oh, the international, if I've ever heard them say, "I'm sorry," and no, I wanted to implement this policy to do this, and I realized it had these negative side effects that I did not intend for, or oh, maybe I should reconsider. Uh, no, I don't think I've ever heard a leading figure 
admit to failure or admit to wrongdoing. So that was just a, um, a reflection I was having, asking myself, uh, is that why in, in when I'm in leading uh, roles, is that why I try to be perfect? Uh, is that partly why I try to be perfect? Of course, there are other reasons, but is that partly why? Really what was was bothering me, I knew deep down, was that like I considered myself to be like a good person, kind of, you know, I'm a good guy. And ultimately when I did something that hurt someone and that was obvious, that was a challenge to that narrative and that identity. And I think a lot of times that's the thing that bothers us, not the idea that someone is hurt, the idea that we hurt them. Um, and and that is, that is, I think a lot of times what uh, causes a, sort of a culture of over, over apologizing or, or sort of a quick unexamined apologies. I think once we like stand secure in ourselves, like we can apologize. Like we can actually say, I am sorry, I was wrong. And this doesn't change who I am. It, it's just me owning up to who, like what I've done. Cause what I do and who I am are not the same. Um, but I think a lot of times in the culture I've grown up in is very much that mindset of who I am is what I do and what I do is who I am. That really helped me identify why this topic has been hard for me in the past, which is just, you know, mm -hmm. I, I really want to be... Um, a sensitive person. Like I, I do put a lot of effort into yeah. caring for people. And um, so to find out that I hurt someone is like, I just, I run from that, you know, and that I'm just being honest, you know, and I think probably if you're listening to this podcast to begin with, you also want to be someone with strong relationships and social skills. And so to find out that you failed, it's not going to be easy, you know? Um, and I think, I think that's, it's very encouraging for me to see how redemptive it can be um, to go at this openly and mm -hmm. honestly and directly. I feel like if you're coming into an apology with the longing to take responsibility, make a change and, and work on this relationship or whatever the conflict was about, um, then I think forgiveness is crucial. And, um, and asking for forgiveness is something very vulnerable you can do. And uh, you care that this is not just falling on the other person, but that the other person can start something with it, can start a healing process with it, and can can maybe at some point see you differently than through this conflict lens. When I think about the scenarios where I've been on either side of an apology that ended well, that experience actually strengthened us because we saw each other's weakness and now we don't have to pretend to be something we're not. You know, like that's that's the power of it is um, seeing someone at their worst 
and dealing with what that is. Because sometimes I feel like we talk overly positively, like, you know, I saw you at your worst and now I accepted you and everything's good. Seeing someone at their worst can be a horrifying experience. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yes. it's, it's not nothing. I think sometimes we talk so positively about just acceptance. It's like some things are really not okay, you know? And so that's where this is a powerful experience. It's, it's, it's fighting for something, you know? And, um, and yeah, so I think it is worth it to, to move through something that's, that's as hard as um, admitting you're wrong or confronting or apology. You know, these things are necessary to be, <laughs> to be honest with people. What are your main takeaways from this? My main takeaways are keeping in mind what is the ultimate goal behind this whole process that can be whether comfortable or uncomfortable or satisfying or unsatisfying, keeping in mind the, the end goal of, of relationships, of building up trust again, of honoring the other person. It always fluctuates a little bit depending on the situation, mm-hmm. but kind of keep a long perspective and a long-term perspective. The second thing I take away is having multiple conversations. <laughs> yeah, that was huge for me. Yeah, and allowing myself to to also not just want a quick fix, you know, because I do that all the time. I'm like, okay, let's get this over with. We want closure. <laughs> um, yeah, and just allowing myself to go through the process of apology and forgiveness and all of that. Yeah, the third thing is... Um, Apologizing for what I did, not for who I am. That's a big one for me. Um, Remembering that my identity is not in how I act or what I say, but it's in who I am. And I don't have to apologize for that, even though I can change in many ways. But I don't have to apologize for me as a human being who I am. Yeah, yeah. And that's not an attitude of you can't criticize me. It's actually like, no, I'm open to criticism, actually. Yeah, yeah. And I think it also, we have to be consistent in applying this to others. Like, we can't reduce other people to Mm -hmm, something mm -hmm. that they did. It's, you know, forgiveness is releasing them from what they did and not reducing them to what they did. If you think about it like that, it sounds amazing. But then if you, like, start applying it to bigger things, to your family first, then maybe like your workspace, then maybe your country, your politicians. Whoa, woo, that's shaky ground. For our podcast, I like to always think about friendships. Like this is what I, I'm focused on because I'm like, I'm going to have an ongoing relationship with this person. And that's why I'm thinking about it. hundred percent, yeah. But I think that what plays out in your close relationships will change the way you see the world. It will change your perspective. Yeah, and and I think it's it's the face to face relationships where we have a chance for for real um, change because you see them in many parts of their life, you know. And I think that's that's just so worth pursuing. And then you know, hopefully, you can learn from it, and it and it applies with you know when you how you interact with strangers because you've had enough experience to know that they're more than that interaction. There's more going on. There's more you don't see. And. If you're a person who struggles a bit with apologizing or struggles with uh, being wrong or making wrong statements, um, I challenge you the next time you're in a conversation and you say something and someone disagrees with you or or you feel like someone was like reacts in a strong way to apologize right away to say, oh, 
uh, I'm sorry, I didn't realize this was a, a hard topic. Like, start with the little points. Don't don't wait until you make a huge mistake and go like, oh no, I have a, I have to apologize. Challenge yourself to do it quickly, because the more you do it, the better you'll become, and the smoother it'll become, and the more you'll also appreciate the satisfaction that comes from restoring things really quickly and bring them back to a steady relationship I guess that's just that's just my thoughts and that's how I usually try to practice it when I when I notice that I'm struggling with apologizing I try to to bring it back into the small habits I would agree with you with one modification as always we balance each other out because I would also say that if you're someone who is an over apologizer or you apologize kind of thoughtlessly oh yeah <laughs> do learn to apologize um and don't wait and wait and wait do it quickly but maybe give it a little space even on the same day or the next day to just say hey I was thinking and I I think I was wrong in the way that I you know reacted to you or I think that I whatever you know be clear be direct be brief but um but giving it enough time to let the person think about what happened, let you think about what happened. And it's, it's, it's not a necessarily an impulse where you're like apologizing for yourself all the time, but it's something that you take a minute, see what it was, identify it and say it. Like that pattern again and again, I think is just, it would be really worth it for any type of person. That's really good. That's also good to keep in mind. Yeah. Well, as much as I love this topic and I want to keep talking about it. Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and we'd love your thoughts. This is obviously a super, super complex topic. As well as asking you guys what makes a good apology, we asked you about how did you learn to apologize? You know, what was the, the culture you were raised in when it came to apologies? We are privileged to have uh, a fairly spread out audience around the world. And so I would say this was the most, some of the most interesting feedback that we received was just some people's very different experience when it comes to apology. Exactly. And so in our, in our next episode, we want to focus on this specifically. Where do we, where do we learn apology? Um, whether it's family, whether it's culture, whether it's, um, you know, personality and so on, we're going to dig into that in our next episode. And if you're listening to this episode and you're thinking, whoa, I didn't even get asked about this next question, please take some time and send us your amazing answers um, before we record the next one so we can include you. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you next time. See ya. Bye. <laughs>